Welcome to episode 37 of The Unconventional Polyglot. In this episode, I present my rankings for the various Duolingo courses that I have tried. Thanks for listening. This is The Unconventional Polyglot, a podcast that explores languages and language learning from someone who has followed and also broken many of the conventional rules for how to learn languages. I'm your host, Will, and language learning is my passion. All right, so I thought I would do something quite different than what I usually do in my episodes of The Unconventional Polyglot, and I'm going to give my first rankings episode. And I'm specifically focusing on the number one language learning app out there, which is Duolingo. So I am going to rank from worst to best the courses on Duolingo that I have personally tried. So I'm not going to say anything about courses that I haven't tried because that wouldn't be very fair (laughs) or informed. But I will include all of the courses that I actually have worked through. There are about, let's see, maybe six courses that I've completed at one point or another, a few of which I've completed multiple times after various updates. Um, and, but there are 18 courses overall on Duolingo that I have used and so these rankings, they're going to be based on several things, one of, one of which is uh, the quality of presentation, whether that pertains to maybe pronunciation or the writing, particularly when non-Latin alphabets are used, uh, the quality of the explanations, grammar tips, things like that, additional content beyond the, the normal Duolingo tree, which some languages have a lot of additional content, other languages have none. And then also the frequency of improvements, the frequency of updates to the courses. So those are all going to be factored into these rankings. So without further ado, at the bottom of the list, (laughs) number 18, is Hebrew. Even though it's at the bottom of the list, I I do want to stress I don't want to say that any of these courses are useless or worthless or a waste of time. I do think that you can learn from any of them, but the learning is going to be more productive and maybe more fun and interesting for some uh, compared to others. So I just want to make that clear. I'm not completely denouncing any of these courses. Now, with that being said, the... Hebrew Duolingo course does suffer considerably in a couple of respects. Uh, one, it really hasn't been updated in years. So since I started the Hebrew Duolingo course, uh, this was over five years ago, I honestly have not seen any updates <laughs> to the content of the course other than the addition of a Hebrew alphabet practice section, which is appreciated, but otherwise the content has not been updated, at least not as far as I can see. 
Another significant problem with the Hebrew Duolingo course is it does not use the Nikud uh, vowel markings on any of the exercises. And so this is essentially the way that you know how to pronounce Hebrew words, you know, specifically the vowel sounds um, in Hebrew words. Um, if you don't have these Nikud markings, uh, and you don't know the words, you basically have to guess or hope that there's an audio sample to go along with the word. So Hebrew is number 18 on the list. Number 17 on the list is Latin. Now, the Latin Duolingo course is, again, it's not bad, but it mainly suffers from incompleteness. It's a very incomplete course. And I I know there are intentions to beef up the course and <laughs> to make it longer, but as is, it's a f- fairly short course. It might be the shortest course on all of Duolingo, and it never even gets beyond the present tense. Um, it, it mainly focuses on getting some exposure to the various cases in Latin, and honestly, this is stuff that probably needs significant time memorizing to to really understand the the different declensions and and cases in Latin. You're not going to get that just from these Duolingo exercises. So Latin is number 17. Number 16 is Irish. I applaud Duolingo for having an Irish course because it's it's not a very high-profile language. Some would argue it's not even that useful of a language because most people in Ireland speak English as a first language, and only a small minority of people in Ireland actually speak Irish uh, with any degree of fluency. But, uh, you know, being somewhat of an endangered language, it's, it's nice that Duolingo has this course. That being said, similar to Hebrew, it hasn't really been updated in a long time. And one thing that uh, for me is kind of frustrating about the Irish course is that it seems to go very lightly on the topics of lenition and eclipsis, which is essentially have to do with modifications of the, the beginnings of words de- depending on what comes before them. And these are complicated things that really only seem to be superficially treated on the Duolingo Irish course. Number 14 is the Mandarin Chinese course. This is another course that suffers to some extent from not being updated very much. Also, there's really no treatment of, uh, no systematic treatment of uh, the, the Chinese writing system. So there's no real explanation of radicals in Chinese writing, Chinese characters, and also Chinese being a, a language spoken by nearly a billion people in the world, you would think that Duolingo would have Chinese stories, but as of this point, they don't have any. They only offer them for a handful of, of other languages. It, it's again, it's not a bad course. Uh, it can be pretty useful and you can pick up a lot of useful vocabulary, but it's just the updates 
are too rare and the emphasis on understanding the writing system is just not there. Number 14 is Romanian. Now, Romanian, kind of the, the, on the flip side of Mandarin Chinese, Romanian is uh, obviously not one of the most studied languages in the world. And so I can understand that the Duolingo Romanian course has not been significantly updated in a long time. And that's really the main issue with Romanian. Number 13 on the list is Duolingo's Russian course. So their Russian course does cover uh, quite a bit of content. Uh, it, it's it's fairly extensive in its treatment of the, the different cases in Russian, although uh, at least on the desktop version as it is currently situated, I don't see any explanation of the different cases or case endings. I know they were there at one point before the major overhaul of Duolingo last year. So they may be there uh, hiding somewhere <laughs> in the uh, Apple or, or Android versions. But on the desktop, at least, I don't see any explanation of the, the cases or, or really grammar in general for Russian, which is frustrating. There are no Russian stories. Again, Russian is not spoken by as many people as uh, some other languages, but it is a, a fairly major world language. It, it would be very nice to have Russian stories. There is a Russian uh, a Cyrillic alphabet supplement, uh, supplementary section on the course to help with learning the Cyrillic alphabet and, and pronunciation of Russian words. But again, there's there's just some significant stuff missing from this course. Number 12 on the list is Catalan. Now, Catalan is a bit difficult to access for a native English speaker because they only offer the course for speakers of Spanish. Presumably native speakers of Spanish, although obviously you don't have to be a native speaker of Spanish to access the course, but it's a course with no explanation uh, at all in English. Um, the explanations and the exercise, you know, comments, things like that are all in Spanish. If you already speak Spanish reasonably well, you can get into the, uh, the Duolingo Catalan course and, and probably do fine. The main problem I've had with the course is that it doesn't really, it's a no frills course. It's fine in terms of content, but it doesn't really have anything extra. But then again, there are not a lot of options out there for learning Catalan uh, using apps. So it, it's nice that Duolingo has Catalan, but it, it would also be nice if they continue to, to try to improve it. Number 11 on the list is Swedish, and Swedish, uh, kind of like Romanian and, and Catalan to an extent, is a course that Duolingo really doesn't seem to have done a whole lot with. So as far as I've gotten in the, in the Swedish course, which is not real far, it seems like a fairly standard Duolingo course. I don't think it's been updated considerably and Main problem I have with it is that I, I don't see any 
useful help for pronunciation because one big stumbling block for learners of Swedish is the pronunciation, which can be very tricky for a lot of words. So it would be very nice if there was a uh, if there were a pronunciation aid to component to help with the Swedish course. Number 10 is Dutch. Dutch, similar to Swedish, similar to Romanian, similar to Catalan, is a pretty straightforward course. Not a lot there in terms of extras. Again, similar to Swedish, it would be nice if there were some sort of additional help with pronunciation. Dutch is not quite as tricky as Swedish pronunciation-wise, but it still has its tricky points. Number nine is Arabic. Arabic is a fairly new course on Duolingo. I, I'm not sure if it's gone, gotten out of the beta stage yet, or it was uh, fairly recently, at least. Uh, this is another course that I haven't gotten super far in. I do like that it has increased its coverage of the Arabic alphabet uh, in in the beginning of when the after the course was first released um, it didn't have as much content uh, related to learning the Arabic alphabet now it has a pretty considerable amount along with a an Arabic alphabet supplement similar to what they have for Hebrew and Russian and and several other languages. One complaint that I've heard about the uh, Duolingo Arabic course is that uh, it's not a good representation of the way Arabic is actually spoken, because, of course, there are a variety of different dialects of Arabic, and I tend to be kind of sympathetic <laughs> of um, because uh, it's it's very difficult to please everybody <laughs> in that you really can't please everybody. And so you have to find a compromise, a middle ground somewhere. And uh, and I, I think Duolingo at least has tried to do that. Okay, number eight is Portuguese. Now, Portuguese is a pretty widely spoken language worldwide. Unless you take out Brazil, then that uh, goes down considerably. But uh, the Duolingo Portuguese course... In and, in and of itself is is not bad. As somebody who mainly focuses on European Portuguese, it's it's clearly Brazilian Portuguese focused, which I understand completely. Does have stories, Duolingo stories in Portuguese, and it has actually added stories over time, which is nice. The main issue I have with uh, Duolingo's Portuguese course is that. The main tree of the course really has not been updated in years. So it, it's definitely gotten significantly less attention than, say, Spanish, a related language. And that's the main reason why the Portuguese course is not higher on the list. Number eight on my list is the Duolingo Italian course. And very similar to the Portuguese course, the Italian course is probably in need of updating. It really hasn't been updated in a long time. There are Duolingo stories in Italian, but uh, way fewer than there are for Spanish or French or, or, or German or even Portuguese. 
And so overall, it's it's close to a tie with Portuguese, but it maybe uh, gets a little bit of a boost because Italian is more standardized. The main Italian-speaking region of the world is Italy, of course, and, and surrounding areas near Italy. And so you don't have as much of the uh, distinction in how the at least the standard uh, you know version of Italian is spoken. I realize there are various dialects of Italian, but those are not covered by this course. Number six on the list is the Duolingo Greek course. Now, a few years ago, the Greek course on Duolingo was definitely not as good as it is now. It has been significantly updated over the last couple of years, and it does include a supplementary section on the Greek alphabet, which is nice, and it's incorporated more material related to uh, Greek alphabet and, and Greek pronunciation in the early skills in the in the tree. I have n- not gotten as far in the Greek Duolingo course as most of the other languages that are in the top 10 of this list, so uh, it's possible that I may be disappointed when I eventually get to more towards the end of the, the Greek Duolingo course, but uh, at least as far as I've gotten, it's pretty decent. It probably could be better in terms of explanations of of Greek grammar, because Greek is a language with significant case structure and verb conjugations, which is kind of a tough combination to deal with for a lot of language learners. But uh, but overall, it's not bad. Number five on the list is Yiddish. Now, Yiddish, maybe it shouldn't be this high on the list, but uh, one reason I put it this high is because I, I am really glad that Duolingo introduced their, their Yiddish course. Uh, I believe it was in 2021. I had been waiting, hoping that, that they would introduce Yiddish at some point, because I've been interested in Yiddish for a long time. And they finally did it, and I've seen uh, discussions among the, the people who uh, did the who voiced the sentences for this course, and and I I do appreciate somewhat uh, similar to the case of Arabic. You know, there are different ways that Yiddish is spoken depending on where uh, where Yiddish speakers are coming from, or maybe where their ancestors came from. You know, there are different versions of Yiddish out there, and the the makers of the Duolingo course tried to tried to to go somewhere near uh, a standard Yiddish, which would which would be an optimal version, and uh, and I think they've done a, a pretty decent job of that. And there is a supplementary section on the Hebrew alphabet, or or the specifically the slightly modified Hebrew alphabet that's used in in Yiddish. And, and it does include, in general, the Nikud markings for Yiddish, which it does not include for Hebrew, unfortunately. And the Yiddish course, even though it's fairly new, um, it's, it's already more extensive, uh, a lot more content than the Latin course. <laughs> and that's one key reason why Yiddish is rated so much higher on the list. Okay. Number four is Japanese. 
And the main reason why I put Japanese this high on the list is because it has been significantly updated in the last couple of years. Similar to Greek, if you had asked me a few years ago of my impression of the Duolingo Japanese course, it wouldn't have been very good. Now it's definitely considerably better. Maybe it's still not the best app out there for learning Japanese, but it does have very nice supplementary sections on hiragana and katakana, uh, as well as incorporating those, those alphabets into exercises, you know, pretty early on in the course. It's a, it's a pretty big course. There's a lot to it, uh, which you would expect for a language as rich as Japanese. Um, I haven't gotten super far through the, uh, through the Japanese Duolingo course, but but from what I've seen, I, I'm reasonably impressed with it. Also, uh, Duolingo did introduce uh, Japanese stories either last year or possibly the year before. So that certainly helps bump up Japanese on the list. Number three is German. The German course for Duolingo has been updated to, to some extent uh, in recent years. It has a pretty large number of stories that are incorporated into into the course. And I think Duolingo does do a pretty good job of trying to incorporate the grammar of German into categorizing or it, it tries to essentially meld their the themes of, of the different skills in the German Duolingo course to incorporate both similar topics like like say travel or work or school cooking whatever that may be but also grammar so where one particular aspect of grammar is going to be particularly useful for talking about a particular theme like say traveling duolingo does a pretty good job of highlighting the grammar that is going to be used for that particular theme now number 2 on the list is french now, Duolingo's French course has been extensively updated over the years. Um, I've actually completed the course either three or four times, <laughs> which gets a little frustrating having to keep going back and doing it, uh, you know, doing the new things uh, after they introduce them, but not really that big a deal. Um, the, the Duolingo French course is pretty extensive. Uh, it goes all the way from very basic French all the way through, uh, I would say all the way through intermediate level, somewhere around B2 level. Um, there's coverage up, up to a pretty significant level. There are a whole bunch of Duolingo French stories. There's the Duolingo French podcast, which is really good, especially if you're somewhere around that intermediate stage where you're not totally comfortable uh, listening to maybe podcasts or, or movies or whatever, all in French, and you want a little bit of help in English along the way. So there, there's just a lot available for the French Duolingo course. And I mean, it takes forever to legitimately complete the course, but that's not a bad thing because again, there's so much content and it's, it's a really well-developed course at this point. And then that leads me to number one, which is the Duolingo Spanish course. 
Everything that I said about the Duolingo French course, I can probably say the same things about the Duolingo Spanish course. It's very clear that these two courses have been the main points of emphasis for Duolingo uh, in terms of their language courses. Spanish and French are always two of the most studied languages in the world, uh, you know, particularly in the U.S., but also other parts of the world. So it's not a surprise at all that they would focus so much on these courses. But the, the Spanish course, just like the French course, it's got a lot of content. It goes all the way through what I would say is B2-level Spanish. There are a ton of Spanish Duolingo stories. There's the Duolingo Spanish podcast, which is very well established at this point, and it's really good. So I, honestly, I don't have anything bad to say about Duolingo Spanish course. Similar to the French course, I've completed it at least three times at this point, um, you know, with the various updates that they've done to the course. And I still, you know, use it from time to time just that, to kind of have fun and, and do some interactive exercises now and then. All right. So that is it for my list from worst to best of the Duolingo courses that I personally have tried out. If you have any comments, agreement, disagreement, questions about this episode or this podcast in general, feel free to contact me at unconventionalpolyglot at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you, and I look forward to producing more interesting language learning related content, including content on language learning apps like this episode. And with that, I will say goodbye.